Hey y'all, welcome to Your Best Pet, Conversations with a Vet. My name is Dr. D, and I am here to educate you on the important topics you didn't know you needed to know. Communication is the key in any relationship, and I believe with my whole heart that if you are educated in a way that you can understand, that'll make you the best pet parent you can be. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about turtles, specifically water turtles. Now, we talked about last week, we talked about the difference between tortoises and turtles. All tortoises are turtles, not all turtles are tortoises. And um, mostly, um, the difference between the two is diet. So today we are going to talk about turtles and we are going to talk specifically water turtles because that's like the major um, different type. Diet is going to be the same for all turtles. However, um, tortoises, well, the (laughs) land turtles are going to have the same diet different diet than land tortoises. All turtles, all water turtles are going to have the same diet. So um, this is turtle specific. This is water turtle specific. And let's dive in, shall we? Uh, Typically, uh, turtles are going to be more of a small to medium size. If you're talking about um, green sea turtles and bigger sea turtles, obviously they're going to be big and large and that is way different than the turtles that we keep in our homes. And so we're talking specifically about the species that we keep in our homes. So small to medium, typically at least the ones that I've seen the most of are red-eared sliders and western painted turtles. Um, Those are going to be your more common ones that you're going to see, whether they're being sold or even in the wild. Um, I know in Louisiana, we have both of these species that are wild, and you can usually find them in most water sources, Um, whether it's fresh water or brackish. A lot of times you can find these guys. They're typically fresh water, not usually um, salt water. Your salt water turtles are going to be like your um, soft shells and your long necks um, and they have the cute little snorkels um, and those are are very different. So um, they have different requirements as far as water, uh, salinity and pH and all that good stuff. But today um, we are going to talk specifically about freshwater water turtles. (laughs) So think red-eared sliders. Um, they're going to live anywhere from 30 to 40 years, typically. Um, I have seen some in captivity that have gotten cancer and passed away at 10, um, but usually they're going to live a little bit longer than that. They are fairly aggressive. I don't know that I've ever met a nice one. (laughs) And that is saying something because I've met a lot of turtles in my day. Um, But FYI, They are typically aggressive. They're not the kiddos that you're going to get out and pet and play with. They're the kiddos that are pretty to look at and they kind of stay in their tank. Um, They are typically carnivorous. So they do eat mostly 
um, uh, protein. Um, now, I know last episode when we talked, I said turtles are typically omnivores. Now, that is all turtles. <laughs> These water turtles specifically are considered more carnivorous. They do eat a little bit of veg, which technically makes them omnivores. So we'll call them omnivores, but for the most part, they eat a lot of protein. So diet wise, um, when it comes to pellets, um, typically you do feed them pellets. Usually that's like 50 to 90% of their diet. Um, and then they will eat a little bit of veg and a little bit of live prey. Um, but majority of their diet is going to be pellets. The pellets that you're going to want, you want them to say turtle specifically, because you want that higher protein percentage. Um, again, um, my brands that if you, you know, were adamant about me recommending a brand to you, I would recommend T-Rex or Pretty Pets. They make pretty good um, water turtle diets. Most of the time, these pellets you're sprinkling over the top of the water and they're, you know, eating them. We'll talk about cage setup in a minute. Um, but when it comes to diet specifically, um, greens, I will only put greens if they have a land mass where they're gonna sun themselves and, and crawl up on, which all tanks should have. Um, so hint, hint, you should have a little bit of a land mass there for them to, to dock on. Um, but uh, I only put the greens there. If you put greens that are floating in the water, they either won't eat them or they'll get bacteria in the water and then you'll end up with a problem. So just don't do it. Keep the, keep the greens for land. Some people will also put the bellets on land. It depends on um, your setup, but that's up to you. Now, if you do want to feed live prey, my recommendation is usually worms. Those are my favorite. Um, you can also, if you're in a pinch, give them roaches or crickets or even slugs they'll eat. Um, in the wild, they would eat all of these things um, as well as some fish. Um, I don't typically recommend goldfish, but you can give goldfish if you're using them not as nutrition, but as like environmental enrichment. So in um, brain stimulation for them so that they're chasing something and, and all that good stuff, that's different than it being a part of their nutrition. So my recommendation is to stick with your pellets and then offering a little bit of greens and a little bit of live prey. Now, when it comes to worms, I typically will recommend earthworms or nightcrawlers. Um, you just wanna make sure that the worms that you're offering are not mealworms, because you know I hate those, and um, that they're pesticide free. Make sure you're not, uh, you don't wanna be putting chemicals in with your water or with, you know, feeding that to your turtle, you want to make sure that um, what they're eating is nice and safe for them and that you're not going to have a problem. Now, when it comes to tank setup, um, I like mostly an aquarium, but I like a little dock um, on the top of their aquarium. So if you're going to do like a substrate docking situation, you certainly can. 
you can do a little bit of sand at the bottom and then create like a like a sandy shore for them but you want like you want about at least half of their enclosure to be water and you want at least 20% of their enclosure to be land. So you want something for them to be able to climb up on and dock. You don't want an open top enclosure where they can climb out of it. Um, so if your land mass is all the way at the top and you end up, it's hot, it's, it's close enough to the top where they can crawl out, they will. They will escape. So try not to do that, try to avoid that. Um, I do, this is like the one species where I'm not, um, I'm not super against a mesh top. The problem with a mesh top with this species is sometimes you can't heat the enclosure up enough and the water's too cold. Um, so that can be a problem. Um, so you do kind of want to heat trap a little bit. You do want a little bit of humidity in there. The water is going to help with that humidity. So if you have a solid top to it, um, it will heat it up. You want to be careful with having a fully solid top because, as we all know, that can be problematic too. Um, so you want to keep it, depending on how many water turtles you have, um, you want something in the neighborhood of two feet by two feet or even a foot and a half by two and a half feet or something like that. Um, you don't want anything too small because a water turtle is gonna grow to the size of its enclosure. And they, if they're not growing appropriately, you can have an abnormal shell ratio um, and you can have um, uh, mutations that way. Like your, your shell can mutate and, and they can outgrow it can be a funky scenario. I have seen it um, where their shell is too small because it didn't grow appropriately, but their body is too big and they're just kind of awkward. Um, it does happen. It doesn't happen very often, but it, but it does happen. So you want to make sure you're paying attention to that. Now, um, when it comes to heat and, and temperature, I do recommend same deal as Tortoises, it depends on the species, but for the most part, you want to keep it above 75. You don't really want them dropping down below 75 because then you are kind of in that questionable torpor area where they could potentially try and hibernate. They're in the water, so it's a little bit different, but they're, you may still run into that problem. So you want to make sure above 75. I usually will stick with like 75 to 90 for these guys, depending on the species. There are some species that have higher requirements. You just want to make sure their temperature isn't dropping too low at night. That is a big deal with them. So make sure you are measuring the temperature. There are water temperature little stickums that you can get to go in the water and then you can have one kind of near the land area so you can see what their basking spot is and then you know down below these guys you do still want that 12 hour daylight cycle so I don't know if I said that in the last video but uh, or video <laughs> the last episode um, both turtles and tortoises you want to keep their daylight to like 12 to 14 hours per day because you want them to have that good summertime circadian rhythm 
Um, and these guys, even though they're mostly in the water, they do still require UVB. So just like with the tortoises, you do still want a UVB. You do still want to make sure they're warm enough. Um, you want to make sure the water is heating up enough. Um, and you do have to worry about like them not getting enough UVB if they're in the water 24 seven. Um, because while sunlight can travel to the surface area, it's not going to penetrate deep down into the water. So you do want to make sure that they're utilizing that kind of basking spot and they will just like, um, you know, red-eared sliders in the wild do. You know how you know how when you see water turtles and you walk over to a pond and there's a bunch of turtles like sitting on a log and then you walk up and they all dive back into the water? They were heating themselves up with the sunlight, right? They were getting that good sunlight. And you want the same thing for your water turtle at home. So you want a spot where they can go and bask in the sun and then dive back down into the water. So that's kind of, think about mimicking that, but in a... A terrarium setup. So the best thing that you can do um, is to do a tube UVB bulb um, that kind of goes over the basking spot and you know kind of over the water a bit. You want it mostly over the basking area because that's when they're going to get the most UVB and then you want it heated the most near the basking spot. So when you measure that temperature, you know how hot they're getting in their basking spot. And then when you measure the water at the bottom of the enclosure, you can see, okay, well, this is how hot it is. This is how cold it is. And then you also want to make sure you're paying attention to those at night as well. Okay, let's see. So, um, oh, 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 uh, water temperatures. Um, just so you guys know, they when you when turtles are in the water you still want the water to be just like you do with other species you want the water to be um still warm you don't want it to be hot to the touch obviously but you do want that water to not drop below 75 if it's as low as 70 you might be okay you don't want it in the 60s if it drops below 55 they will go into torpor even in the water um, and that can be super unhealthy for them um, so make sure you're paying attention okay let's see what am i forgetting we talked about diet we talked about housing and setup um, when their temperature's not right infections are possible. I know we kind of talk about this all the time. Um, I feel like I mentioned this like every single episode, but it is important. Um, one of the most common diseases that we see in water turtles is respiratory issues. So um, open mouth breathing, um, having bubbles coming out of their nose and mouth, um, super, you know, swollen, watery eyes, all of that stuff um, is respiratory issues. And most of the time that has to do with their temperature not being high enough. Um, sometimes it's poor diet, but a lot of the times it has to do with temperature too. Um, same as the tortoises, they can get middle ear infections, which are treated the exact same way. They can also get shell rot, which is what I talked about um, on the last episode um, briefly. But shell rot is a little more 
I feel like common in water turtles than it is in land tortoises. So with water turtles, what we do is we have to dry dock them, which means they're not allowed to go in the water and they have to go in like a separate hospital tank or they have to be, um, I usually recommend putting, keeping them in a separate hospital tank just because like it's hard to section off the air and they tend to get past your barriers and stuff and go into the water anyway because they like being in the water. The problem is, is when they have a shell infection and it's an infection in their bone, if they're keeping it wet and moist and gross, it's never going to get better. So you almost have to dry dock them so that they have the opportunity to get better. And then I typically will do a topical um, dilute iodine um, application. And then um, I will do a um, oral antibiotic pain medication. And then sometimes I, sometimes I allow them to do, I will, I'll let them go in the water for like maybe an hour a day when they're dry docked, but you just don't want them in the water 24 seven. Um, because they, they can, they can die from a bone infection, just like any other species can, but their bone is more toward the outside of their body. So when they get a severe infection like that, it tends to be really bad and they can die from it. So you do want to make sure you're paying attention. Um, Oftentimes the dry docking is for a whole month. So like 30 whole days, which is a lot, but that's what often has to happen because you have to keep that shell nice and dry. So anywho's, um, let's see. I think that's all the things. Um, something that a lot of water turtles will get um, from like just a diet deficiency is a calcium deficiency. So they'll have issues with their shell. Um, because they don't have UVB because most people don't realize that their water turtles still need UVB, um, even though they're in the water. Um, and then some people, the mistake that they make is they don't have land for them to hop up on. So they keep them in the water 24 seven and that ends up being an issue. Um, so those are major diseases that I typically will see. Um, and I think that's everything. Do we do all the things? All right. Well, I think that's it for water turtles. Thanks for hanging in there with me while we differentiated between tortoises and water turtles and the different species and all of that good stuff. Hopefully you guys learned something. If a water turtle is your best pet, let me know. Uh, tag me on Instagram. Tag a photo of your turtle so I can see it. Um, and that would be super. I would love that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Thanks guys. Bye. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. And if you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Uh, if you found it helpful, send it to somebody who you think it would help too. Um, you can like, comment, share this pod on Insta. It's your best pet pod. Um, and if you love this podcast, five stars only, please, at the bottom. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. It helps the pod grow and reach more people. Until next time, hope you're living life with your best pet. We'll see you next week.